pastors here. We're glad that you are with us. Uh, it doesn't sound like my mic is working. Is that my fault? Oh, there it is. Awesome. Good job, Tony. Tony has been at our Minden location, and so he's not used to this newfangled equipment up here. So uh, let me pray before we get going. Father, thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for this Christmas season, this Christmas Eve day where we get to celebrate you. It is all about you. Holy Spirit, I beg you to be present with us this afternoon, that you would do a work in us that we cannot do in ourselves, that you would mold our hearts to be like you, to love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you are here, and you are because you're here, this is our last week, our last service for our gift-giving series, uh, our, our Gifts of Christmas series. So I'm going to start with a question. Gifts of Christmas. Who here has asked for something for Christmas tomorrow? Anybody ha have any requests? Okay, kids are raising their hands. I want to know, what have you asked for? Anybody, anybody want to volunteer? What would you ask for? What did you ask for? I asked for a Barbie house. A Barbie house? I want one, too. All right. <laughs> anybody else? Jeremy, your, your hand was up. Jurassic World Legos? Yeah. Awesome. Can I come over and play? Sure. Cool. All right. Tony? Anthony? Is that you? Little Tony? No. A scooter. A scooter? And you got... Well, that's cheating if you already got it. Two more right here. You want a piano? Those are heavy. I'm not sure Santa can carry one of those. You want a watch? Awesome. Good. Well, as we, I'm hoping all of you get all those things that you asked for. So parents, if that was your first time hearing about it, good luck with that. Sorry. Um, what we've been looking at is the gifts of Christmas. And two weeks ago, we started with the gift of the sun. So if, if uh, you're coming to this Christmas Eve service, you know what? I've been to Christmas Eve before. I'm expecting a Christmas Eve well, we did that one like two weeks ago, so you can check the podcast. But that's where we looked at the gift of the Son, that Jesus, the Son of God, fully God, fully man, was a gift that God gave, that Jesus willingly came to suffer for our sins. He had to be human. He had to be human to die for our sins. But he had to be God to pay the penalty that our sin deserves. And we don't even fully fathom what that means, how much our sin has earned, what kind of debt that earns, but we know that we deserve eternal death and hell, separation from God. But because Jesus came, the God-man, we can have life. So we looked at that two weeks ago, the gift of the Son. And that's what we're going to read the story probably tonight. When you go home, you might read that story of Jesus being born. Maybe tomorrow morning, you'll read the story of Jesus being born but that's the beautiful miracle that God sent his son to be born of a virgin Mary to give us life. Yesterday, we continued to look at the gift of salvation. And we were in Ephesians 2, so if you, uh, you want to follow along, turn to Ephesians 2. But Ephesians 2, we saw in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. And so the gift that we looked at yesterday was this gift of salvation. That gift is only possible because of the gift of the Son. And so today, Christmas Eve, you know, we, we totally know this is one of those days where we might come to church when we don't normally come. And I would ask you, have you received the gift of salvation? It's a free gift. We talked about it yesterday. That's what defines a free gift. It means it costs nothing. 
And we can get confused and think that, okay, it's free, but really, I got to do some good deeds. Well, no. It's actually a completely free gift. And it's given to those who believe in Jesus Christ as Lord. And so we are saved by grace. We looked yesterday. There's a couple words, mercy and grace. Mercy means you don't get what you deserve. And because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, if we, by faith, place our trust in him as Lord, we receive his mercy, meaning we don't deserve the punishment. Or we won't get the punishment we deserve. We deserve it. We don't get it. Jesus takes it. He took it on the cross. But then we also get grace. Grace is different than mercy. Grace is receiving things you didn't earn. And so we receive all these gifts, the gift of salvation. And we, we looked at it yesterday, the gift of being adopted into his family. We're called Christians. We are adopted. We are then co-heirs of God, co-heirs with Jesus, meaning everything that Jesus deserves, we get. Do you get that? <laughs> Everything Jesus deserves, we get. We get to be united with God the Father forever and eternity. And again, we, we can't fully grasp this. And maybe, maybe you're like me. We've talked about this before, but you, you pictured heaven as like this up in the clouds, strumming a harp, whatever. That's not going to be heaven, by the way. Thank goodness, because that sounds really, really boring. Um, heaven is going to be in bodies, if you didn't know this, that if you are human, so everybody in here is human, I think, you will live forever. And you will live forever either in hell apart from God, where you will not have a body, you will be spiritual and existing forever apart from God, or you will receive a new body, like the one Jesus received, and be eternity for eternity with him on a new earth. So heaven is actually a lot like what we see now, only perfected. So hopefully there's rain, I like rain, uh, but hopefully there's not like freezing rain. It, but it's going to be kind of like what we, that's eternity. We get that as a gift. That is his grace that he gives us that gift. And today, at this Christmas Eve service, I want to actually move one step past that. I want to ask, as we asked yesterday, do we end with salvation? Do you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Have you placed your faith in him? Now you're saved. Has it ended there? And now you come to church every now and then, or you do good things now and then, and you're just waiting for eternity. Here's, here's the, the comparison. A lot of American Christians view their Christian life as this. What is this? It's a storage box. It's a tote. I like the word tote. It's, it's you, you come to church on Sunday, or maybe you come Christmas Eve and Easter, and you get some spiritual things. You get your spiritual fill-up, your Jesus fill-up, and you fill your box with those things. Maybe you're coming for a great sermon, and you get, oh, I didn't know that before. I'm going to put that in my box. Uh, maybe you hear some really good songs that just, you just feel good singing those songs. Oh, I'm going to put that good feeling in this box. And then as the week goes on, if you need some things, maybe you had a bad day at work, you can open up the box and pull out some things that, you know, some spiritual things you got last Sunday. Maybe uh, your, your wife isn't treating you so well. Maybe she's making you wrap all the gifts and you're like, I just need some Jesus. And so you, you open up. I'm just saying that was my yesterday. Um, <laughs> you, you open up the box and you, you pull some things out and your spiritual life is like a tote full of things for you and you take it home and you put it on your shelf and when you need some spirituality, you need some Jesus, you pull it down and you pull out of it. Or is our spiritual life supposed to be more like a gift? 
What's the difference between a gift and a tote? This stores things for you later. This is designed to be given away. Do you ever purchase a gift for somebody, wrap it up, and then go, yay, put it on your shelf? <laughs> Probably not, unless you did it and then forgot it was there and found it the next year, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, if you haven't seen it yet, tune in. Um, the, our Christian life should be more like a gift than a tote. Here's what I want to talk about today very briefly. That you, if you are saved by Jesus Christ, you're not saved just for you. And American Christianity is really pretty much centered around you. Here we like to call it uh, cruise ship mentality. Battleship or cruise ship. American church in general is like a cruise ship. We come because we like the pastor. We like the sermon. The music fits us. The seats are comfy. They give us the things we want. We come to church for us. But we believe very strongly that the church, by the way, the church isn't just common ground. It is every Christian that believes in Jesus Christ as Lord. And here in Carson City, Douglas County, there are a bunch of really good churches full of God-loving people. That's the church. The church doesn't exist to fill your needs, if you didn't know that. The church exists so that Jesus could fill the needs of others in and through us. Ephesians 2.10 if you're there, we finished yesterday with verse 9, and you can't end there. But by grace you have been saved. This is awesome stuff. Through faith, not of yourselves, gift of God, not by works so no one can boast. But he goes on in Ephesians 2.10. He says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. God prepared good works for us to walk in them. The verse before said that you're not saved by works, but now he's talking about works. We're not saved by works, but we're saved for good works. This is awesome news. If this year, 2018, it's almost over, if this year was one of those that you look back and you're like, I didn't really do much this year. Guess what? A new year starts in like a week. You can start over. And I would ask you, at the end of 2019, what impact are you going to have on the world? Is the world going to be a better place at the end of 2019 because you are in it? Or is 2019 going to be about you? Is it going to be about making money? Is it going to be about a new relationship? Is it going to be about filling your needs, whatever it is? Or at the end of 2019... Are you going to be able to look back, and this isn't something that we announced, but are you going to be able to look back and go, God used me to do this, this, and this. This person's life is better because I was in it. Again, that's not a pride thing. This is what we were designed for. This is what God saves us for is good works. Here at Christmas, we celebrate Jesus coming, Jesus being born. But do you know that Jesus' work on earth didn't end when he died and rose from the dead? Something happened a little bit later that's even cooler to a certain extent is Jesus ascended into heaven and then he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in those who would believe in him, those who would be his. And then Jesus continues the work he was doing then. Now he continues the work in and through his people. The Holy Spirit is a supernatural empowerment for those who belong to him. That word that we looked at in Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are his workmanship. You know what that word is? It's poem or poema. 
if you care about the Greek. Do you realize that you are a poem of God? Not, not a show of hands, but anybody in here feel at times depressed? Maybe worthless. Maybe you're not as good as your siblings. <laughs> Maybe you're not as good as the other person down the street and you feel like this world doesn't need me. Well, guess what? The Bible teaches that you are God's poem. What does it take to, to write a poem? Anybody ever written a poem? Roses are red, violets are blue. Yeah. It takes some effort to write a poem. It takes, it takes creativity. And, and the best poems take a lot of heart, don't they? You are a poem written by God. I mean, God is outside of time, but I, I picture this. I picture God putting on his glasses. He didn't need them. But, but, but he puts on his glasses. He goes in and he spends some time thinking about you thousands of years before you were born. And he designed you. I'm going to pick on Jeremy. So, so Jeremy, who's 19-ish, yeah, Jeremy, he's in college. God was thinking about Jeremy thousands of years ago. And he spent time thinking just about Jeremy and designing Jeremy or Lisa or Karen. Name it. God designed each of us. In Psalm 139, 13 and 14, the psalmist writes this. For you created me. This is the psalmist writing, speaking to God. For you created me, my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Why are we talking about this Christmas Eve? The gifts of Christmas. Here's one of the greatest gifts God has given you that you would be a gift. God made you on purpose for a purpose. And I would ask, are you living out that purpose? If not, don't feel guilty today. 2019 is a new year. But our full purpose can only be realized in and through Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord, you can be used for great things in this world. Absolutely. You can do good things. You can love. You can be loved. But in the end, you're going to be separated from all of that forever. And your full Influence your full usefulness can only be found in and through Jesus Christ. That what's, that's what we see in Ephesians 2.10, where he says we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. Again, we're not a cruise ship where our church is all about us. We're a battleship where we are on mission for him and you are used for great, great things. We're going to start a series in January. I don't want to give it away. But, but at the beginning, I'm going to be asking the question that w when you die, again, this is horrible to think about, I guess, but it's, it's good. When you die and your obituary is written or all the people are getting up, what do you want people to say? What are people going to say about you? Did you make a difference while you were here? Again, the church does not exist to meet our needs. The church is a community where Jesus lives in and through his people to meet the needs of of others. Anybody here over 35? Okay, a few of us. Did you in school have Santa's workshop? We had this thing called Santa's workshop when I was in elementary school, and we would get called out of class. A class would go one by one. We'd go to the gym where all the tables were set up full of gifts that we could buy for our family. So kids didn't have to go to the store. We could go to Santa's workshop. And I remember second, third, fourth grade, I loved Santa's workshop. Now mom would give me 20 bucks and I would go then to buy her gifts with her money. But there was, and that was totally lost on me at the time. 
but, but there was something fun about walking through, and I remember, you know, it's like, okay, she gave me 20 bucks, I get four of it. Like 16 I'll spend on everybody else, four on me, but everybody else. But I remember walking through thinking, oh, mom's going to love this. Oh, my sister's going to love this. And there's a switch at some point where Christmas becomes more about giving than receiving. And that's kind of a cool switch when that happens, where you realize it's more fun to actually give than to receive. And that's not just a cliche. It is more fun to give than to receive. And now as a father, I mean, what are my gifts? Socks? Underwear because you need them, or, or as parents, you know, Callie's like, here, wrap this up for me, give it to me for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> you know, but for, we're thinking about the kids because it's more about giving the gifts than receiving. What about your life? Do you view your life as about you, or are you a gift given from God to those around you? Here's what I'm going to tell you you are a gift given from God, but it's up to you to walk in that, to allow God to live through you or not. In 1 Peter 4, this is Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends. He wrote this. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11, it's up on the screen. It says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Peter's talking about spiritual gifts. Now, in Scripture, we have three different lists of spiritual gifts. There's leadership, there's teaching, there's service, there's administration. We could go through the list. And here, Peter's saying, if you belong to Jesus, you have been given a gift, which is actually a superpower. So kids in here, if you give your life, to, you get a superpower. Uh, but it's not flying. That's not one of them. I've, I've looked for that one. It's not flying. It's not laser vision. It's not super strength. But it's other things that God wants to use for his church, for his flourishing. These gifts are given not for our own benefit, for the benefit of others. Very clearly, we're given a gift to be used. Now, here's a, a tendency in the church is to get into spiritual gifts and look at all the lists and think, which one do I have? Or try and figure it out before you start actually being used. In Scripture, there's three lists, and they're given to three different audiences. And it's possible they didn't even hear the other lists, which I, I would use that. I would say, I don't think the lists in Scripture are exhaustive. I think some people got one list, some people got another list. I think there's even more. And every individual can have a mix of these gifts that God would use, meaning you are like a snowflake. Each of us is like a snowflake, completely unique. Every snowflake is different, so I've heard. I've never looked that close. But each of us is completely different with a completely different purpose, with a completely different mix of gifting, meaning if you don't submit to Jesus and let him live in and through you, the world is missing out. Do you get that? You are a gift to the world, and the world will miss out. And what's the purpose? The great purpose you see in that Peter verse is God's glory. The purpose is God's glory. The purpose isn't for us to get anything, although we get great things. The purpose is God's glory. When the angels appeared on that mountainside, on that hillside, to the shepherds, they cried glory to God in the highest. 
Many angels appeared singing glory to God. Jesus being born Christmas is all about God's glory. And that glory continues in and through us. Uh, Brianna, you agreed to help me. Will you come here real quick? Thank you. This is Brianna. Hello. <laughs> come on up. Okay, so... If you were here yesterday, you saw some of this. We're going to continue the story. The idea is Jesus came as a man. God sent his son, who is a gift. So here's the first gift, the gift of the son. He was given to everybody. Not everybody will receive that gift. If you reject that Jesus came, if you reject him as Lord, you don't get that gift, but you got the gift, okay? You got it. So the gift of the son. Now we get the gift of salvation. There you go. The gift. You got to share these with your brother. Jeremy, okay. So you get the gift of salvation, <laughs> meaning, did you frown at that? Okay. <laughs> meaning, you get to spend eternity in heaven with God. You get to avoid the punishment that your sin deserves. It's awesome. And yesterday, as we were looking in Ephesians chapter one, so if you missed it, tune in or just read Ephesians one. It says he is gonna overflow gifts toward us. So here's another gift. So that means you are actually called Christian. You are a co-heir with Jesus. And he is going to overflow. Here we go. Another one. His riches in here. I'll tell you what, put your hand through this one. There we go. Just put your hand. Let go. Put your, put your, let, stop it. Stop it. Okay, good. Good. Okay. Here's the idea. <laughs> is God overflows his goodness to us, not because we deserve it, because he loves us that much. Now, if we end there... Christianity is about ourself and church is really, really boring because what happens is you come on church and you're like, oh, I just hear this talk about the same book every week and it's really boring. But if you decide to realize that you are saved, not just for you, but you are gifted to be a gift, then all of a sudden, you become a gift. Did you just say help? You're fine. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm a gifted rapper. I did it all day yesterday. You can't help me, can you? You're just all tied up. Are you nervous? move. <laughs> this, this is the idea. You can go ahead and sit down now. <laughs> Do we get that picture? That, oh, yeah, she needs to be bowed. Put a bow on her. <laughs> we are gifted to be a gift. I think I broke it. You'll be fine. <laughs> but I got to tell you, that's one of the greatest things about being a Jesus follower. Not only are we saved, not only do we have Jesus who gives us hope, who gives us security, who is there when we need him, but we have a purpose given by God. You know, most of us Americans, we have purposes. It's, it's money, it's pleasure, it's happiness, whatever it is. But we won't find our real purpose until we find it 
in Jesus. Now we're going to continue here with some application. Uh, Jocelyn and Anissa, if you guys would come up. We are, uh, we are having a baptism. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Are we all ready? You're not ready? All right. That's okay. Mike? Yeah, that one. So Jocelyn and Anissa have decided to get baptized today. Now, baptism is, is there's, there's two sacraments that God has given the church, that Jesus gave the church. One is communion, which we do over and over, remembering his death and his resurrection. The other one is baptism, which we do one time after we're saved. We are baptized in order to unite ourselves publicly with Jesus. So come on up here. Um, baptism is a way to publicly proclaim, I belong to Jesus. So uh, we're going to hear a little bit of a story. She's going to tell us about how she got to this point. But if you're here and you've never been baptized, you could actually do that right now if you want. We have some extra sweatpants for you that you can change into. But if you have, I can't get this to come on. If Check. Okay, I'm going to give that to you. If, if, if you have heard the gospel, maybe the, for the first time today, that life is found in Jesus alone. There is no way to be saved except through Jesus. The next step is baptism. And, and whenever we do baptisms, we open it up. And we've had some come up in the middle and go, I want to be baptized too, and a little talk, and then we can do that. Uh, but will you, uh, will you tell us a little bit of your story of how you got to this point? Okay. Um, well, I was just driving in my car, and the freeway was just a normal day for me. And I was just like, in life, I was you know really messed up and I don't know like something I felt like it was supernatural and like something took over my mind and it was telling me that I was gonna die and I felt like it was making fun of me it was asking me are your kids gonna be okay and then it started asking me have you accepted Jesus yet and you know I was in complete fear there's no way I can stop thinking about it and I went home and I was, you know, really scared. And for a minute in the kitchen, like I just, for like five minutes it lasted, I got a little bit of peace and it was telling me this isn't what you want. It was telling me that, you know, you want to be surrounded around your loved ones. You want to be old in bed. And my mom walked in and she just, I told her, that, you know, I wanted to change. And she asked me if I've accepted Jesus and I really haven't. And that's the night that I did. And he's just set me free from a lot of burdens in my life. Um, you know, I was a drug addict since I was 14. You know, I've always, you know, I would cry once. I would always do whatever because I just wanted to be sober. And there was no way. I just felt like it had me wrapped up. And I don't know how it happened, but once I accepted Jesus in my life, he, I just stopped everything, cold turkey, cigarettes, alcohol, methamphetamines, marijuana. I stopped it all, and I'm three months sober now, and I just thank the Lord, and I've been listening to Andrew Womack, and he has a lot to do with it, and that's where I'm at right now. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> we had a worship service in the evening, which we almost never do, about three months ago. And Jocelyn and her family, or it was just you, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. She, she came in. Um, and at the end of that service, for some reason, I felt this, 
We don't do a lot of altar calls. Maybe you've been in traditional Baptist church where you get an altar call. Ever. We don't do those a lot. But for some reason that day I felt like I just need to call out. And she stood up. Um, and that night she gave her life to Jesus. Uh, as we were talking before, she, she, she told me these things that have changed. And I said, seriously? Um, you really have lost the craving for these addictions. She said, yeah, gone. Um, that's Jesus Christ. Um, and that's, amen, that's what we're celebrating is new life. When Jesus was meeting with a really religious person, he said, you must be born again. And he was very confused. What do you mean born again? Well, that's what we're doing now. We are celebrating Jocelyn being born again. So come over here. This is Anissa. I'm sorry, Anissa. <laughs> Thank you, Anissa. Jocelyn's next. So, yep, go ahead and sit down. We are celebrating Anissa's new birth, being born again. And you were born in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Anissa, have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord? You have? Have you surrendered completely to him for the rest of your life? Yes, I have. All right. Then in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you want to plug your nose, died with Christ, buried with Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. Yeah. Where's your towel? All right, Jocelyn, come up here. Yes. The water's very warm this time. All right. It is warm. Go ahead and have a seat, Jocelyn. Jocelyn, have you surrendered to Jesus Christ as Lord? Yeah. Do you believe that God sent Jesus to die on the cross and he rose from the dead for your sins? Yes. All right, here's a surprise question, no preparation. Okay. When you stand before Jesus in the end, how many sins is he going to bring up with you? None. None. Good answer. None. That's the benefit of Jesus Christ. We will not be judged. None of our sins will be brought up. So, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, died with Christ buried with Christ and raised to walk in newness of life.